today is going to be an interesting message for many of you, and I look forward to releasing this burden to you and encouraging you. I know that you're going to leave with more hope and more evidence that God is really looking at you, and his interest in you is more than you can imagine. Amen. Matter of fact, you've heard the preachers quoted often, eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it entered the heart of man what God hath prepared for them that love him. Amen. And, and today many ministers are going to use that passage and talk about heaven, that one of these days you're going to witness what you've never seen before. You're going to hear things you never heard before one of these days. But if you go back to the context of that passage here in a little bit, and we'll refresh your memory here in a moment, Heaven is not the topic in that passage. You are the topic. And his interest in you on a level that you right now can see what you've never seen before and you can hear what you've never heard before. And because you and I are wired in such a way that we're limited in our wiring when it comes to the soul and the body, God put a spirit in you. Amen. Your brain don't have a big enough hard drive to carry everything God wants to talk to you about. Your mind, will, and emotions is limited. Your body is limited. But your spirit man can handle things that your eye cannot handle and your ear cannot understand. And God wants you to know that he set it up for you to experience him on a level of being wild, not just at one point in your life, but every day of every moment of every month of every year, you can experience God and just be completely wowed. God is good. Amen? And so our topic today is what are tongues? Amen? In our Christian world, there's a lot of negative connotations that go with this topic because it's been mishandled. Immature things have happened. Things that are weird and spooky have happened. But uh, I want to encourage you today, amen, that uh, you might want to reconsider how important what God chose as a foolish thing that confounds the wise. You might want to be a part of it a little bit more than maybe you are. Maybe you have experienced God speaking through you because of his presence. Maybe you haven't. Nonetheless, every one of us have barriers in our life that we don't realize are there that will block God being the king of his kingdom within us so that from the house, the temple, you are the temple, he can demonstrate his kingdom and his glory to the world. And so I want to read to you a topic. There, there's one chapter that has 16 verses in it that I, I feel like you, you want me to read to you and just let the Lord talk to you here today. I'm going to open up with this scripture text in, in 2 Peter 1 and 19. And Peter writing to the church, he said, We have been given this prophetic word, the written message of the prophets, made more reliable and fully validated by the confirming voice of God on the Mount of Transfiguration. Now, Peter was there. He, he witnessed it. He said, And you will continue to do well if you stay focused on it. For this prophetic message is like a piercing light shining in a glooming place until the dawning of a new day. When the morning star rises in your heart, verse 20, very important, you must understand this at the outset. It's important that you cast down any thought or any imagination that keeps you from focusing on the fact that God is a spirit and that you are his treasure. And in order for him to be able to do what he's going to do, he needs your availability. And your availability includes this, this one member in your body that's called the most unruly member, the tongue. Anybody agree that the tongue is the most unruly member of your body? Have you wished you could take words back before? Okay. You must understand this at the outset. Interpretation of Scripture, prophecy requires the Holy Spirit, for it does not originate from someone's or someone's own imagination. No true prophecy comes from human initiative. 
It is inspired by the moving of the Holy Spirit upon those who spoke the message that came from God. You and I, basically what he's saying is no one smart enough, intelligent enough to figure out what God is saying in the Scripture. You should catch that. Are we tempted every day to try to go and read it and figure it out? But these scriptures were written as men, holy men, were moved on by the Spirit to write. So, there the hand and the Spirit is the author. And God wants to say something to us about how precious we are. And so, be mindful of allowing your mind, your will, and your emotions to entertain other thoughts, other ideas, even other conversation and voices that can and will entice you from experiencing life. In 1 John 2, 27, it says, There is no need that anyone or for anyone to keep teaching you. His anointed teaches you all you need to know, for it will lead you into truth, not counterfeit. So just as the anointing has taught you, remain in him. Amen. Well, pastor, you're teaching us today. No, I'm not teaching you anything. I can't. I can confirm to you what God is saying to you, or I can confirm to you some things you didn't know was God, but you'll find out here before you leave, oh my goodness, that was God talking to me. Is anybody wanting that today? You want confirmation. You thought, man, I don't know what in the world. Where did that thought come from? And, and you felt good about it, and you, you hosted it, but you wasn't sure that was from God. Today, God wants to confirm some things, and that's the best I can do in serving him and serving you is to confirm a relationship he's after with you. Amen? That at the end of this thing, you'll, you'll not be able to say, well, I'm so thankful Pastor Lowe preached that message to God. No, you and I all stay together. Look what the Lord has done. Amen. His mercy and his grace is beyond understanding. He, he picked us up out of the miry clay and he set us on a rock to stay in him. And that rock is our identity in Christ. And so the kingdom of God today has a cultural language that is established by its king, our Lord and our Savior. And as citizens of the kingdom of God, your language, as a believer in Christ, your conversation reveals your status as a citizen. Would you all agree with that? I picked it up among the, when I go to other countries, they, they pick up right quickly if you're an American or not. Right? And so it's amazing how the American culture has imprinted on us the unique identity a reality that we're citizens of this nation and our conversation validates it in the kingdom of god you talk like the king of that kingdom amen now i have to say in our religious world not all christians communicate or bear evidence who their king really is. Anybody ever been around professed Christians that didn't live up to the identity of the father that they said that they had? There's been times in my life that I didn't live up to who my father was, okay? So everybody relax. I've dropped the ball. I've made mistakes. But it's been those mistakes and those challenges in my life that caused me to realize he loves me regardless. And he's after me. So I'm not making statements to cast a negative reflection on anybody. I just want you to be aware the enemy goes to church. Amen? And he will hinder you and I, and he will put up, amen, the, the, these, these, these things in our life that stand between us and the miracle that God has for us. Amen? So, uh, what are tongues? Why are tongues, why do they exist? 
And did Jesus speak with tongues? And most Christians don't even know that this is in the Bible. And so I'm glad that you asked the question, did Jesus speak with tongues? Amen. In Mark 5, 41, this will help you. And he took the damsel by the hand and said to her, Talitha kumai, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. Amen. That's not a language in the earth. That's a heavenly language. Mark is the one writing the book. And he has the gift of interpretation of tongues upon him. And he writes the interpretation of an unknown tongue that God is speaking. Isn't it interesting when Jesus speaks with tongues, life happens, resurrection happens. Isn't that interesting? And he uses a heavenly language to bring life to this precious young lady. Amen? Isn't that interesting? Oh, give me another one, Pastor. I, wanna, I need a mouth of two or three witnesses to let a word get established. Anybody agree? I need another one. Mark chapter 15, 34. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, lamath sabathani, which is being interpreted. Gift of interpretation of tongues. That's not a language in our earth. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Somebody said, well, that don't sound like a good thing. When he speaks with tongues, the spirit leaves his body. The most powerful event took place because now the blood has been shed. And instead of a damsel coming to life, eternal life comes to a world. And God in flesh speaks in an unknown tongue that required an interpretation, a gift of interpretation of tongues, so that we're able to read in pen form, in letter form, what it actually meant. And God in flesh is speaking in a heavenly language. I just wonder if Jesus, amen, it was important that he speak with tongues it might have some significance for us to choose to follow in his steps as followers of Christ. Would you all agree? Oh, let me help you as we move through this because I'm going to read some things to you and you're going to want exactly what can be provided to you if you'll let God take over that most unruly member in your body. Amen? It sounds logical for a moment. It's not what I want to go with, though, but in order for God to know that he has me, he uses the most unruly member to be the one he brings under his subjection and his control. Would anybody agree with that? I don't like it. I want to be in charge. Now, I found this really interesting. I've watched my son here this past week teach his son, my grandson, Brody, how to talk English. And Brody was excited because Daddy is spending time with him, teaching him to speak a language. And to watch his face as he would get it right and he would say it right in his excitement. And the Lord's talking to me. You can imagine how God's talking to me about, okay, this is how I want you to bring it to my children. Amen? The Lord wants to do what an earthly father would do to their own children. He wants to do to his children. And he wants to teach us how to talk his language. And his language supersedes English and all the other languages of the earth. His language is top tier, and he chose of all of his creation humanity to teach it to. And through humanity, humanity would release by willingness, availability, the member that matters to most to him because the moment we release the member that means the most to him, that the word that was made flesh and dwelt among us, 
We beheld his glory, as John would write, the glory of the only begotten, full of grace and truth, that you and I who are flesh and God's choice to be his temple, he could come back, take his abode, the place where he puts his name, that's where he places his spirit, and now he can continue on to be the God of creation by speaking through his church, his bride. Amen? His sons and his daughters. And he chose this thing called tongues. Amen? Now, Paul says it this way. I'm going to read those 16 verses in a moment. Just hold on. But Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you can do your homework, that though I speak with the tongues of men, other tongues, and of angels, unknown tongues, and I don't have love, it's like tinkling cymbals and sounding brass. It profits you nothing. Now, I've heard ministries use that passage to discount tongues and to make them of no need. That was for them back then. It's not, we don't need them no more. Have you ever heard that before? Don't raise your hand. But if tongues was done away with, then everything else that's in that passage was done away with too. And anybody still thinking? You get up in the morning thinking? Then all knowledge passed away too. So I don't know why you were or you still thinking. Is this okay? I'm going to make sure the enemy gets it right in the nose where it belongs. Paul said clearly to the church, and he's dealing with a church that's baby Christians, and they're abusing it, mishandling it, not doing right with it, okay? So we ain't got time to go there, but that's evident. But Paul made it clear before he opened the letter up. He said, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. And then he he gives them some good correction on how to let the Spirit operate in his house and how it will impact you and edify you. But also, if it's used correctly, an unbeliever can come in and be impacted, and then he says at the end of that letter, forbid not to speak with tongues. Why? Because praying in the Spirit does something for you that we want to address today, and you don't want to miss out on it. There's some things you need in your life that you can't have any other way. Pastor, are you telling me I need to speak in tongues? No, I'm telling you, you need God. Don't seek tongues. Don't seek, seek him. Let daddy come to you as one of his children and let him begin to show you how to walk with him and talk like him. Make it simple. You want to learn your daddy's language. Now, just to be upfront and honest with you, I learned my daddy the devil's language early on in life. And I said a lot of things he, only he could say, but he used me to say it through, and I hurt people. I hurt relationships. I caused trouble to come on my own life. The fruit of what he said through me, amen, showed up. Anxiety, frustration, guilt, shame, depression, broken relationships, sickness. Does anybody ever experience that before? Well, why in the world will you let the devil teach you his language? But you have heartburn over God teaching you his language. Oh, I want God to teach me my language in English. Oh, I know, I know that's how the enemy plays. But God says clearly in the prophets, it's all over the Bible. He chose, and Isaiah, you can read it for yourself. For with a stammering lip, a stammering lip, and another tongue shall I speak to this people. This is the rest wherewith the weary may find rest. Now somebody said, Well, I'm pretty weary. I'd like to no, know it wasn't about you. No, it was about him. He was the one weary. He was looking for his house. He got wearied with the old tabernacle. 
Amen. He, stay, he used that for a season as a type and a shadow, but he wants his tabernacle, which is you. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're the temple that God baptizes with his spirit and with fire. And he was getting tired because he wanted his house. And he chose as the evidence that he's in his house, the prophet is prophesying it with a stammering lip and another tongue. Will I speak? Well, God can speak. We need to know but he's waiting on availability. Remember, we want the king to take over in his temple, king of his kingdom. The kingdom of God is within you, right? Is that, that sound? And that the king of that kingdom wants to be king of his kingdom in you. That means he gets to use that most unruly member you want to be in charge with to say it like he wants to say it. And he may, he may have to spend some time teaching you how to talk his language. Hurry up, Pastor, and show me what it is I'm missing out on if I let God take over and be in charge of what I want to be in charge of. Why you got to say it like that, Pastor? Because I'm human too. And, and I almost try to manipulate and control God. Because I'm smart. I got intelligence. I've done a lot of study. And God, he's, he's happy that I'm, I'm intelligent. And so he'll let me take control of my tongue. He don't need, he don't need my time. He needs yours, but he don't need mine. Has anybody ever had those thoughts run through your mind before? Letting go and letting God, that's another message, isn't it, now? It's like, hmm. But there's some things that you need that you can't have until he has access to his house. And we'll watch other people get it, receive it, and miracles happen, and we'll sit over here pout about it because it ain't fair. And we can look at those people that's getting this miracle in their life. I'm not talking about talking in tongues, y'all. I'm talking about the benefits of letting the king be king of his kingdom within. And we'll complain about them enjoying the best that God has to offer. And we do it justifying where we're at because we see flaws in their life. And they're not perfect. And they mess up. And they say things they shouldn't say. And, but yet they're getting all these extra benefits because they will go to that place in the spirit where they pray in the Spirit. Amen? So, we have um, other tongues that happen when a person is born again. Acts chapter 2, amen, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19, and, and there's scriptures that you can read about other tongues. But then there's unknown tongues that is a gift of the Spirit to the believer after they have been baptized with Spirit and with fire. They can, if they will be available, and they will open up enough to let God do it, they can have the gift of unknown tongues that will bring edification to the body. You're being edified while you're speaking in it. But the gift of unknown tongues requires the gift of interpretation of tongues to edify the body. Anybody like being edified? So it's important for everyone to note when you speak of tongues, there's two kinds of tongues. There's tongues of men and tongues of angels. In Acts chapter 2, and the wind began to blow and the fire began to fall and the Spirit came upon them and they spake with tongues, other tongues, it says, as the Spirit gave the utterance, and the people of the nations that were there said, what's going on here? What's happening? These men and women are speaking in our language. Amen? Just so long y'all know this, because I believe this message and I preach it pretty wherever I go. I've been overseas before, and I've been in a place where people didn't understand English well. They had to have an interpretation. Interpreter preached for me while I was ministering. But people were being filled with the Spirit and they could talk perfect English, praising God. Yeah. And some of you that believe this message and give it away, you've heard people 
amen, to get filled with the Spirit. And they spoke in perfect Spanish, praising God. It don't change, ladies and gentlemen. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God don't change. But our religious world has so much influence of the enemy that we've considered the fact that maybe God does change. And those things that were good then are not necessary for us today. Who told you that? Amen. It's good to call the enemy out. Amen. Because as we read these 16 verses, you're going to realize, man, I got, I got to have that in my life. I need that in my relationship. I need that spirit, soul, and body. I'm not going to miss out on it. And Paul clarifies how this works. You know, you have this man by the name of Nicodemus. He comes by night. And I give him the benefit of the doubt. He only came by night because the crowds wasn't around Jesus. Maybe I get to talk to him. And if that's the case, great. But he came asking Jesus, we know that you've come from God and no one can do these miracles that you're doing except God be with him. Okay, Nicodemus, you have a question here? And Jesus, knowing his heart, answers the question he hadn't even asked. Marvel not, Nicodemus, you must be born again. And Nicodemus began to sing to him, have a conversation. How can this be that you want me to enter into my mother's womb? No, I didn't say that, but you need to be born again in order for you to participate with me. You want to come and participate with what I'm in. Nick, yes, yeah, yeah, Nick, that's what, that's what I want to do. How is it you can do this and I can't? And then he goes on and he gets very clear with him. You're, you're confused, Nicodemus. Here you are, a teacher of the Jews, and you don't even know this? It's all through the prophets. And he says to him in verse 8 of John chapter 3, when you get a chance, read it. The wind blows where it wills. You hear the sound thereof. You cannot tell how that sound comes or how that sound goes. So, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. That, are, that word sound in the original Greek means phone, language, declaration, <clears throat> voice. So is everyone that is born again. Now, did Jesus tell a field? Or did Jesus miss it? In John 3 and 8, Jesus is the authoritarian on salvation. Now, let me help you here. This will help you so that you don't miss it. The first thing that most of you thought when I said salvation was go, the difference between going to heaven or hell. That's what most Christians think when we talk about salvation. Well, I'm being saved from hell. I get to go to heaven. And that's not God's intent. Come on, pastor, be careful. No. Heaven came to earth, y'all. The kingdom of God is within you. Salvation actually equals being saved from darkness to marvelous light. That means your eyes got open. And now you have a relationship from heaven that has now begun to order your steps. You're being saved from deception, amen, to all of a sudden I know what I can't explain. And all of a sudden, I have not seen, ear hath not heard, starts opening up, oh my God, what God has prepared for them, amen, that believe him. And when you step around someone sick and they're beat up, you don't know it, but all of a sudden the Spirit of God shows you, oh man, they got this problem in their body. And you, man, you're hearing it, oh, because you're hosting his presence and you can see and you can hear now. On a, and you've been saved from not paying attention to what you're called to pay attention to. Now you're paying attention to it. What am I called to pay attention to? It's not about the guy in the mirror that I have to deal with every day. It's about God and others. I, he has given us a mission of the kingdom. He places people in our path so that he can work through us and be a blessing and give hope to them. Amen and good news. 
And if I will be available to his spirit to host him on the level that when I'm in your presence, I'm encouraging you, I'm building you up, I'm strengthening you, guess what he does for me? He takes care of me. What are you saying, Pastor? When I take care of daddy's business, he takes care of my business. But most Christians don't have time to take care of daddy's business because they're so eat up taking care of their own business. Is that true? Pastor, you're getting right in our Kool-Aid today. No, the Lord's in my Kool-Aid. I haven't served my best day yet. I haven't seen God on the level he wants me to see him yet. I'm seeing him, but the best day is still yet to be lived, y'all. And it has to do with us inviting the presence of God to come over and take his house over. And when he has access to his house, the most unruly member is in submission to him. Amen. I feel good about God releasing this burden right now. It's awesome. And so Nicodemus comes to realize that the thing that you're in the mix with, Lord, you're telling me that I must be born again in order to walk as you walk and to live like you're living. Yes, Nicodemus. And Nicodemus eventually yields to that reality and becomes a follower of Jesus Christ. And he was one of the group that gets baptized in spirit and in fire. Amen? And so there's three things that I want to bring to your attention right now that uh, tongues accomplishes. When you pray in the spirit, you, you have the evidence of God's essence. His spirit. When you pray in the spirit, you're hosting the essence of God. Now, you can feel the evidence of God's spirit and not pray in the spirit. And the danger of that is you'll get used to feeling the presence, the evident presence of God, and you'll get used to that and you'll think that, that you're okay there. And really what's happening when you feel the presence of God, and everybody can do it, is they're actually experiencing God knocking on their door saying, let me in. Amen? And he knows how to knock, y'all. It's the kind of knock you're like, man, I need to open the door. He knows how to do it. But when you're praying in the Spirit, you become a host of the essence of his kingship. You're now an ambassador of the kingdom of God when you're praying in the Spirit. And when you're praying in the Spirit, your utterance, you may not know what you're saying, but the Spirit knows exactly what's being said. And it's creative. It's authoritative. It's sending out declarations. Angels are going to work. Come on. When John fell down at the angel's feet, the angel said, don't do that. You need to worship God. You need to, you need to be in the Spirit, son. I am your fellow servant. The angels letting John know, I'm waiting on you to worship so I can go to work. I'm just going to tell you, you can do more praying in the Spirit than you can trying to write checks out to everybody that needs food on their table and clothes in their closets and a house to live in. You can do more praying in the Spirit than we have money and resources in this earth on behalf of people. Are we not going to give blankets out there? Are we going to do that? We're going to feed the poor. We're going to be in the mix because we love people. But the best thing for the people in our world right now is a church that knows how to be in the Spirit and pray as the utterance of God is speaking. Our young people are looking for, they don't want, don't tell me about it, show me, amen. They want to step into this thing and experience God because they're testing everything in our world right now. So, so many open doors to our young people. And so, evidence of the Spirit, number one. Wisdom comes when you're praying in the Spirit. Anybody need wisdom? Made some bad decision lately? Praying in the Spirit, you can get direction from heaven, and it works. And thirdly, a demonstration of life-giving love in all of our relationships. When you pray in the Spirit, all of a sudden you don't hate that person no more. You can't, get, you can't hug them enough. When you pray in the Spirit, instead of pointing out someone's flaws and finding 
amen, their failures, you see what God sees and you see them as treasure. You cannot pray in the Spirit and be full of pride. When you're in the Spirit, your spirit is humble. And you're not, letting, you're not telling on nobody to Jesus. I can't believe, Lord, you're letting them get away with this and so-and-so is doing this. And, and you're just having a gossip session with God. He don't have gossip sessions. Has anybody had a, you know, just pour it all out to God in your prayer time about how everybody needs Jesus in their life? And he's not in the conversation with you. He's wanting you to know you need Jesus in your life. Right? And when we get where we let him in, all of a sudden talking about Jane Doe and John Doe is not the topic. It's now, amen, you're finding out about who you are and how much he loves you. And he's not picking on you. He's not saying you need to straighten up or ship up and ship out. No. He's talking about his plans for you and what he's planned for you to experience today. And there's no Six Flags, there's no Disney where there's nothing this earth competes with what he wants you to witness. I have not seen, ear have not heard, neither has it entered the heart of man what God has prepared for you today. Mickey Mouse can't keep up with that. Amen? And so... Paul challenges the church, and I'm reading here right now, and just quickly these 16 verses, and then want to give you the opportunity right, right where you're sitting. You can walk up here in a little bit. You can receive it. It's your decision. What are you saying? Receive tongues? No. Receive the Spirit. Got to kick the barriers out. There's religious mental blocks going on right now in our world. And they've heard so many messages that oppose what Jesus came to give away. So in 1 Corinthians 2, 1, Paul addressing a church that's immature, the Corinthian church. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence of human wisdom or human wisdom, man's capacity to think. He said, I, I proclaim to you the testimony about God, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message with, and, and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. I came with something that I couldn't produce. I came under the anointing of God's call in my life so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom but on God's power. Wisdom came to Paul because of God's power. It came to the Corinthian church not because of intelligence but because of God's spirit power. Amen. And I can tell you right now, that I can feel it when I'm standing before everyone here, that without him, I can't do this. But with him, I know there's a release happening. And he can take a country boy and the way I say things, and he can do what I, it just blows my mind. And testimonies that come back, did I do anything? No. Amen. It was because of God's spirit power that we all get to enjoy the fact that our daddy is in love with us. And we can know something not because we're intelligent, but because we experience it in him. Amen. Anybody wanted to experience a knowing today? Verse 6. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the, the mature, but not the wisdom of the age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. He's talking about the prince of this air and the, the darkness. No, we declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. Look, God has destined a glory for you. Not in the future, in the present. This is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice. Where did this rejoicing come from? Mm -hmm. We're talking about it. God has a whole different level of wisdom that he has designed for you to walk in with him. 
and you can't explain the wisdom that he wants to give you today. Now, this, this um, glory that God wants to, you to have today, that he's reserved for you, the actual meaning is the full weight of who God is. The glory that he's reserved for you, Diane, is the full weight of who God is. Well, I, mean, I, I can't handle that. I agree. But God sets you up, and he wired you in such a way, amen, that in that body that belongs to him, it's his temple, there's a soul, the mind, the will, and the emotions. But not only is that there, he gives you a spirit man. And that spirit man that's in you is designed to handle the full weight of who God is. And you can't tell anybody how. You can't explain what's going on. I have not seen. How many times have I said that today? About five times? You're about to read it. It's right in the middle of this glory that God has reserved for you, and it has everything to do with praying in the Spirit. Amen. Verse 8. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Satan wouldn't have to crucify Jesus. He knew what was going to really happen. He was ignorant to what God was planning. However, as it was, is written, what no eye hath seen, what no ear hath heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. And I, I express my love and you express your love to God when you open the door and you make yourself available. I don't know what's going to happen next, Lord, but here I am. And he's, he's like, okay, now you're trusting me. But, but the temptation to try to figure out, no, Lord, would you kind of set me up so I'll know what you're going to do and, and help me figure out what's going to happen as it's happening? Now, most of you would say, man, if I was that 120, I'd have been, boy, I'd been awesome if I'd been part of that 120. Right. Yeah, and they said these men and women are drunk. But the ninth hour today, these men are not, women are not drunk. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last day, saith God, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Is anybody willing to get out of what, the, what you believe your character is and take on his character? Are you willing to forego the idea of what you think about God and let God come reveal himself the way he really is? Is it okay that we decide today to trust Jesus when he said you can't come to him unless you come as children? That means if you're going to let him be daddy, he says jump. You just jump and you trust him. And if it's goo goo gaga, it's goo goo gaga. And while you're growing and learning how to talk like your daddy, you may poop in your diapers. But when it's time to be over the diaper stage, you're over the diaper stage and you're not walking. Is it okay to grow up in him? Well, most have never really started the race yet because they've been told it's not necessary. And they've experienced the presence of God all the time. Driving down the road, they experience it. You know what's going to happen today? Some of you are going to fuss with it today still. And as you're driving home, you're going to start pushing some barriers out that you didn't realize were there because you're finding out there's some barriers today that's stopping what God really wants to do in your life. And some of us are just so hard-headed. I'm raising my hand. You ain't got to raise your that we, we, we have to go drive down the road, have to walk through the woods. we got to go and, and, and work these barriers out of our life that need to be out. And then that's the thing, you know, you have to pull over on the side of the road and people are driving by looking at what's going on with them. We need to call 911, what? But you know what? God will work with that. He's okay because he's after us and he's all in. 
And a bunch of us, we've got just so much head knowledge, and we've got so many degrees and so many diplomas and so many certificates that it's going to take something like that to wake us up. We might even have to wake up in our sleep being filled with the Spirit. God, clear, help us to clear out the barriers that block you from having access to the house you already purchased. I belong to you, not my own. You bought me with your blood, but I'm still acting like I own myself. Amen? And we'll go to church and try to build a name for ourselves instead of his name being our name. Amen. Pastor, you, you, you said enough today. Paul says it this way in Romans 8, our spirit testifies with God's spirit. Verse 26, our spirit will pray not with words, but with groanings that words cannot express in that we are praying the perfect will of the Father. Why is this? Because it bypasses the part that filters it, changes it, and limits its understanding. The part of you that God, that's like God, your spirit has the full capacity to receive all that God has. Paul says, I will pray with my understanding. I'm going to pray with the things I think I should be praying, and then I'm going to pray in the spirit. <laughs> I do that often. I'll pray what I think should be prayed, and then spirit will come in, okay, and then he prays what he thinks should be prayed. It's amazing he always says the right stuff. And I'm wanting God to fix things that's not timing for him to fix. He's got it. Thank you for that request. We got it. My angel's already working on that, but there's something more pressing right now, and they need you to stay on point, son, in the moment. Verse 10, the Spirit searcheth all things, even the deep things of God. That's what we all want right there, the deep things of God, right? To go beyond our mental and our emotional capacity to our spirit. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us this is what we speak not in words taught us by human wisdom y'all got to catch this but in words taught by the spirit explaining spiritual realities with with spiritual taught words anybody want daddy to teach you how to talk his language the person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgment about all things. They're not judging humanity, but they're in the Spirit they're making declarations as the Father speaks. Such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who hath known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And so this is the goal for everyone here today. If you want to have the best that God has, anybody need wisdom? Anybody need the essence of God? taking over in your life. Anybody knows that, you know, that person you want to knock out, that you want to get back at, you, want to, you really want to be set free from that attitude because you're not sleeping well at night and you're blaming them because they need to straighten up so I can have a better day. And the Lord's saying, why don't you just come and let me take over that? And if you'll let me come into my house when I get through with you, all of a sudden you'll find out everything that you felt bad about them towards and you were seeing them and then. You'll start seeing what I see in them, and you'll love them, and you will be thankful to them, and you'll embrace them, and you will speak life over them because you'll have my heart now. 
The reason I get offended with anyone is because I pushed him out and I let another spirit come in. This is good for Christianity to catch this. But when I pray in the spirit, when I pray in the spirit, I can't be offended with nobody. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Come on. Where he places his name is where he puts his presence. Ah. Thy kingdom come. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day daily. Who, who was the one that came down from heaven? The bread from heaven. Jesus, he is, I am the bread that came down from heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. It's not about talking about food on your table. He's going to take care of that if you'll take care of giving out the hot bread. In other words, if you'll become his mouthpiece, and you'll let the word of God that came down from heaven take over and speak through you, you'll have food on the table. But that ain't the bread he's talking about. He's talking about you being his mouthpiece and that you speaking what he says. Forgive us, Lord, of our trespasses and sins, even as we... Otherwise, temptation follows, and i got to get even. Power, glory, and honor. Amen. So, for you and I to take advantage of being the mouthpiece of God and the benefits that come with praying in the Spirit, which includes potentially, often, the king's language, of which the king shows us when he talked in it, miracles happened. And the greatest event known to humanity manifested eternal life. That I'm being saved from giving words of death when I've been filled with the Spirit to giving words of life. And that when I'm in your presence, if I'm in the Spirit, I'm prophesying life into you. I'm declaring hope and good news about God's plan in your life. And if there's any sickness or disease, or if there's any demon activity, the enemy can't hang out. He's got to go. Why? Because it comes when he's teaching a baby church. This is important, baby church. I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it entered in the heart of men what I prepare for them that love me. If you love me, open up and let me in. If you let me in, we're going to verify your love now. Now, Dathan is teaching his son how to talk. And he says to the fathers, this is Jesus saying to the fathers, what father, when a child, his son or his children, ask him for a fish, will he give a serpent? And then he goes on to say, even so, if you ask your heavenly father for the Holy Spirit, he'll give it to you. The trouble that's in my life and all the challenges that I face on one, one given day is due to the fact that I'm not allowing him to give me what I need. It's not anybody's fault but the guy in the mirror. Now, there's some barriers that every one of us are dealing with. Elder Mills, barriers, correct? We, we deal with them every day, don't we? And I'm not talking about marriage. But the enemy will drop that one in on you too. Barriers with the guy in the mirror. It don't matter what your spouse does. You can't please your spouse, but you can please God. And if you please God, you can serve your spouse. May not be what your spouse wants, but it's what they need. There's lots of couples here trying to please one another, and it ain't working out, is it? But if you'll forego trying to please one another and start pleasing him and being available, 
y'all will fall in love and a honeymoon will happen. Please God, please God. That means let him come to his house and take over the most unruly member. And out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And when you see God at work with your eye, your eye's going to say, man, I don't know what's going on. What's that? And when you hear what he's saying, you're like, man, what is he saying? Because I have not seen nor ear heard what God has prepared for them that pray in the Spirit. Anybody want to love Jesus? Pray in the Spirit. Offer yourself a living sacrifice. Give it up. Quit trying to figure God out. Let him come to his house. And the moment you feel after him, he will suddenly come to his house. Oh, but it's, I've been trying, Pastor. I've been trying. I understand. Relax. Relax. Deal with the barriers. God will show you the barriers. I know I'm taking a little extra time, but this is very important for you. I sought tongues. And I wouldn't allow God to fill me with the Spirit. I didn't know that's what was happening. I always wanted to be, I want to speak with tongues. Because that's what I heard others saying. And it's like, all right. And I just and finally he broke that barrier and he said, quit seeking tongues. Seek me. And when I sought him, I didn't give a flip about tongues. And when I got to a place I didn't give a flip about the tongues. All of a sudden, Daddy started talking out at me. It wasn't about the tongues. It was about the presence of God, the essence of God. And that most unruly member became subject to him. That's why people that don't know anything about the doctrine of tongues, they, they get it fast. When you've heard all kind of doctrines, barriers. One guy actually came down to the altar and opened his spirit up when he get there because he heard the message of tongues. First thing he thought, I told the creative team this, I said, he was a farmer. He had cows. And the thought came to him, said, is the horns above the ears or below the ears? After about three weeks, he got up, he went down, and he got up, walked out of the church fast. Everybody thinking, what, what happened to him? He went out to the field, found him some cows, figured out where the horns belong, went back in, got filled with the Spirit. That's weird, isn't it? But that was a, that's, that's so ignorant to me. It's like, really? But that was a barrier. I don't know what your barrier is. But when you get, when you get it, you're going to like, oh my God, I let that stop me from all these wonderful things that God wanted for me. You're going to say, you're going to like, I can't believe I let that. And what's going to happen is you're going to get so full of God's compassion and love for the next person. You're going to set the dynamic to where whatever barriers in their life, it starts falling away. Because when they walk into your presence, they're not just walking into your presence, they're walking into you hosting the essence of God. And all you need to do once you get rid of the barriers is request. Lord, would you fill me with your spirit? Oh. Just, just request it. Then receive it. L let go of you being in charge of that tongue. Yeah. Give your tongue over to the one that owns the body. Let the king have it. And let him teach you because you're going to start hearing it in your spirit. And you're going to get to where, as far as I'm concerned, it can be goo-goo-gaga. I don't care. I don't know about y'all, but every baby that's born, there's one thing that's how to happen. And if you don't hear the cry when they're born, something ain't right. That cry that that baby's given is an undefiled language. They haven't lied in it. They haven't cheated. They haven't cursed in it. Undefiled for a season. Then... You know, a few years later, my God, man, how did you come up with that? Jesus said there will be a sound when you're born again. And this sound, when you utter it, or you allow him to utter it through you, you can't lie in it. 
You can't cheat with it. You can't deceive with it. Because now you're the temple of the Most High. The last time I checked, if you can talk language, a language called English or Spanish, and you learned it from your Adamic mom and dad, that you probably cursed in it, and you defiled in it, and you deceived with it. He wants to give you a language that identifies you as a king's kid. If you still need to talk in the language you learned from your Adamic mom and dad, in order to be on the Lord's side, you're going you're to miss out on a lot of stuff. And we're not talking about seeking tongues. We're talking about seeking Him. Could we stand?